Hi, I'm Tish. I'm Juliana. And this is episode 24 of In the Movies. This week, we're talking about Ruby Sparks and the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Welcome to Jurassic Park. I am Iron Man. Or maybe I was just a girl interrupted. She is so adorably clueless. Beetlejuice. Be kind, rewind. It is just a bunch of hocus pocus. Sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. How are you, Juliana? (laughs) Uh, I'm good. Working for the man every night and day. (laughs) Mostly just day. I'm good. Yeah. We haven't seen each other in like a while. I know. It's sad. It is sad. We're going to have a picnic after this. We we are. We're pretty excited about it. So we're going to race through this. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, I don't know. Work, mostly work. Yeah. And, like, yoga-ing. That's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yoging. Yoging. Yoging is a verb. Yeah. That's yeah. it. What have you been up to? Uh, work. <laughs> we are the least exciting people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, work. I'm watching a lot of animation at work, which is cool. I watched a couple of the features. That's so much fun that you get to do that. I'm so jealous. I mean, it's because, like, I don't have anything else to do sometimes. (laughs) But, yeah. I'm kind of jealous of that, too. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so let's just talk about this. Yeah. Because we want to talk about this. Yeah. So we're talking about Ruby Sparks, which came out in 2012. It was directed by Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris, who are a directing team, and I think a couple... But at least a directing team. They also did Little Miss Sunshine, and they do a lot of music videos. Mm-hmm. And it was written by Zoe Kazan, and it stars Paul Dano, Zoe Kazan, Chris Messina, and Annette Benning, Antonio Banderas. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, a novelist struggling with writer's block finds romance in a most unusual way by creating a female character he thinks will love him, then willing her into existence. That's a good, uh, a little good summary there. That yeah, starts it off. Doesn't yeah. say what happens once that's, she's here, but that's the story. <laughs> no, but usually they're so terrible. That was great. I think it's just the episode. Doctor Who episodes are really bad. Um, yeah. Anyway, so he creates his dream girl. Yeah. And then she all of a sudden is real and he's scared and thinks he's going crazy. But then once he realizes <laughs> well, she's real. Well, to be fair, <laughs> wouldn't you? I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then he's just in love with her. And and dream girl. And then she becomes a real boy. And he doesn't like that. No. Um, yeah, so it's um, perfect to talk about Manic Pixie Dream Girl stuff because... It's yeah. like this guy has created one, but the movie itself is sort of almost a critique and analysis of this trope and men creating their dream girl kind of yes, shit. Yes, definitely. And a really good one at that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I it was my second time watching the film, as I said, and mm-hmm. it was a lot... I was able to just sit and, like, think about it the whole time. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, it was also, I watched it the second time for this, and it was different watching it, knowing that you want to kind of talk about certain things. Yeah. And also, like, knowing what happens and picking up. 
Yeah. It's a good movie. And knowing that it really is, like, a critique on the Manic Pixie mm-hmm. Dream Girl, you, like... Because the first time I didn't really know, I was just like, oh, it's a guy who, like, creates a girl. Like, yeah, I didn't really cute. have any yeah. concept of really what the film's mm-hmm. about, and so it was a very different experience. But looking back on it, and, like, if you read anything about oh, it, yeah. and understand that Zoe Kazan wrote it, like, a woman wrote it, then yeah. you start to understand these interesting perspectives and crossover, like, what exactly is going on. What yeah. she's trying to really say with it. <laughs> Which is girls are people. <laughs> girls are people too. Yeah. Um, we can vote in everything. Really? <laughs> um, yeah, so to kind of start us off, um, his brother in the movie, played by Chris Messina, um, yeah. Harry, he has a couple great lines when this first happens. Yeah. when he, Or no, when he first shows... Sorry, Calvin, the main character, shows Harry his story, his story. about his dream girl. Yeah, it's because she's is, not in existence yet. No, but he's already talked to his therapist about it, because yeah. it was a writing assignment to get him writing again, and he's already kind of admitted, like, oh my god, like, I'm in love with this girl I've created, I can't wait to get home and write more of her. So it's already, like, starting this kind of twisted sense of creating a, your ideal woman, and she does whatever you want, and it's it's yeah. all in his head. Yes. But that's the kind of shit that will, like, distort you and make actual relationships difficult when they don't live up to what's in your head. <laughs> <laughs> but he shows, after Harry reads the story, Harry kind of schools him and says, like... You haven't really written, like, a complete person. He says, women are different up close. And he talks about his wife being, like, crazy sometimes. <laughs> she, you know. she just gets mad. <laughs> fucking mad for no reason. <laughs> he says, yeah. but she's a person. Yeah. And you haven't written a person. You've written a girl. And then Calvin gets all defensive. Yeah. Um, this is, like, Harry's an interesting character because he can be such a douchebag <laughs> and, like, really crude at times. But, like... He has, like, a real, like, relationship with his wife, and you get the sense of that through this, and he talks a little bit later about, like, you know, she left me once, and that can happen. Like, I know, yeah, you know, like, she's her own person. She has a choice in this as well. We don't see her a lot, but we see that, what we do see, they seem happy together, Yeah, like, marriage, they just had a kid, they seem good. Yeah. So you kind of just from that get a sense of like, he knows what's up. I would take advice from him. Yes. He's older and wiser. <laughs> kind <laughs> you of. You are older and wiser. Hopefully. Um, yeah. And he kind of concludes that by saying like, to Calvin, I'm not saying you can't write. I'm saying you don't know jack shit about women. <laughs> yeah. Which, absolutely true about this character. <laughs> yeah. He became like a big star when he was like 19 and wrote this amazing book. And we hear that he had a previous relationship for, like, five years, mm-hmm. and she, like, left him, and he was still, like, traumatized But He has, like, all these weird yeah. kind of anxieties and stuff about women and writing and all his shit. And, like, obviously being sort of, like, idolized at that young age is, like, being a genius and stuff really went to his head. And, like, he sounds like his former girlfriend was just... He didn't see her for her own merits and what she was doing, because we do meet her later. Yeah, I feel like we don't know that, though, until the end, because they really make her seem, until you get to meet her at the end, like, this horrible girl, and she just, she treated him badly, and she left just after his dad died and all this shit, and then you meet her at the end, and you're like, she's a real person. 
<laughs> yeah. But even the way he's like, why would you leave me after my... Di-? Like, the way he's so whiny in his therapist's so office, whiny. like, you know that, like, okay, this is his perspective, oh, yeah. definitely. You get a sense of who he For is, sure. so, like, you don't judge the ex-girlfriend by what he says about her. But, um, yeah, it seems like he just... He hasn't had relationships, and it's, like, it's very clear in the movie, and they say, like, you have no friends. You just hang out with your brother. Yeah, and he, he doesn't. He has no perspective on the world. Well, like... It's just hold up, like, trying to He has this bubble, right? It's, Mm -hmm. like, his manager and his brother and, like, and then eventually Ruby. And, like, that's it. Like, it's so bizarre. (laughs) You can't even imagine. But Lila's interesting. That's his ex-girlfriend. It's an interesting, like, concept, too. Because especially between his perspective that you get, like, the entire way through the movie about, like, this horrible relationship. She done me wrong. Yeah. And then her at the end, and she's like, you didn't even see me. Like, I wasn't even... Yeah. You know. Because he was all, I'm a genius, I need to write again. And yeah. And she's like, hey, I'm a person wanting to do stuff too. I have dreams and goals. Sorry your dad died, but like, I cannot stay with you anymore. You are miserable. But, and like, he talks... He talks in the beginning of this film about... um girls because of this book that he's written not he's like they're not interested in me they're interested in some idea of me (laughs) and those words come out of this character's mouth and then to see how he acts with both lila and ruby and i'm like but but, what (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's it's really interesting as somebody who like that's like his fear in a relationship and then that's what he actually does to other people yeah, he really must have just been, like, the the weird kid writing and creating his own little worlds. And then with this fame and stuff, he got attention but didn't yeah. know how to deal with it. And, like, still, at, like, 29, does not know how to, like, interact with humans. <laughs> like, yeah. And, like, not because just, like, social anxiety or whatever, like, he's a weirdo, but because he has created, like, this twisted sense of what women in particular are to him yeah he got it seems almost like you got famous too young Mm. and you don't like so you never you like miss the socialization part where you like interact with women on like a normal neither of us are very special type of way like you've always been special yeah so it's always been about you yeah, and he, he just had that, like, one relationship for, like, five years, so it's... He never had to date or anything, yeah. or... He does not share well. Like, he doesn't no. share anything. Like, attention or dream... Like, you know... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's almost like only child syndrome. Yeah, he's right? Not an only but he's child. not an only child. He's just, like, weirdly spoiled separately, because he got kind of famous. And they do talk about his control issues a lot through the movie, and he has... Yeah. ...major control issues. Yeah, his only other, like, interaction we see with women is the Mabel, this, like, fan. Yeah, and she is a little bit. She's a bit crazy. But, and, like, he doesn't really know how to deal with her and isn't, like, interested in Mm -hmm. her attention. He has no interest in her at Mm -hmm. all. I'm like, why did you even go? Was it just he had a house because Ruby was there? Yeah, was like, you need to get out of the house and talk to... Yeah. A new human new being. Person. And he, like, has no friends to call, so he calls a girl and, like, gave him his number. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's a it's weird a... character. I don't know. Mm. It's. Yeah. He's a The mess. whole thing is very 
like meta. Like he's yes feeling like people are manic pixieing him, and he's doing it to girls. And then like the movie itself is written by a woman addressing this trope, and it's all like a big yeah. analysis and like metaphors about this whole thing of like seeing people for who they are and whole complete people, and not putting your ideals on them, and then getting upset when they don't match what you want yeah. and. Everyone does that a little bit because everyone yes. makes first impressions and that sort of thing. And yeah. it takes a long time to know somebody wholly. And it's, especially in romantic relationships, because well, people have such goals with that. Yeah, and you're really and when you put, start something new. You are just like hoping that like this is going to be the one that like lives up to all that. And you can yeah. start to put that on them and imagine things and like not, it's not fair because you don't know them well enough yeah. to know how they will develop as a human. <laughs> well, and also, like, you lie a lot at the beginning. <laughs> like, I don't mean, like, like telling lies, but, like, everyone makes sure they're like, I look my best and I'm presenting my best self. I can attest to this. Everyone yeah, you does do it. idealize yourself of as course. well for them. Yeah, because you're like, look at how lovely I am as a human being. You want to just, like, show them, like, this is potential. You know, I can be this, like, charming and pretty. Yes. And then I'll ease you into... <laughs> into the rest of the shit life. later. <laughs> oh, my God. They always say, once you get your hooks into them, then you can show them the crazy. Yeah. But that goes both for men and women. Like, you want, yeah. you know, especially if you think that there's potential, because you're like, I don't want to... Yeah, it's just there. everyone's, like, core desire to be loved, so... Yeah anything new you're just like oh god what can I do what can I do to make this work <laughs> including ignoring red flags and oh yeah just yeah. focusing on what you like and then eventually you realize it's not what you thought it was. <laughs> then a year and a half later you're like what the fuck why aren't you do? who I thought you would be it's like oh yeah. cause you made that up it's also <laughs> like m- marriage and like relationships and that sort of thing I always mm-hmm. find interesting cause like you're not gonna be the same person you are and so you're tying your life to this person. Should we just turn this into commitment from the podcast? <laughs> and then, like, you just have to hope that the people that you both are in yeah. 10 or 15 or 50 or even, like, two years still, still like, match. go together? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, commitment. I don't have any issues at all. <laughs> Green lights all the way. Yeah, so this <laughs> movie is all about, like, male and female perspectives yes. of each other. It apparently brought up a lot of issues. <laughs> and our commitment issues. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> 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 Um, yeah, I feel like we've already gone through everything already. I what know. What else did we have? <laughs> well, Zoe Kazan did write this. Mm-hmm. And she that, wrote it for her and Paul Dana, who are actually yeah, together. They've been together since like 2007. Oh. It's been like nine years. They're yeah. so cute. <laughs> um, and I think it is interesting, like, as somebody, I know just talking about like male perspective and male gaze mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing, like, um, when I was in university and doing like women's studies courses and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, and it's, it's interesting to see like, you always use examples of the male gaze as, like, films written by movies and the way that they portray women mm. and all this sort of stuff. So it's interesting to see, like, a woman a kind woman, of showing that. Yeah, a woman writing the male gaze. Right? Yeah. It's 
I don't know. It's funny, I mean, it's all very meta. And it like, it really itself, is. And, like, itself is not... Like, it would be even more on the nose if he was, like, a screenwriter, but he's a novelist. But, like, it's the same... We're writing about writers, writing about yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good job, so, so the movie, like, itself addresses the whole Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing. Um... But it also, because she, like, changes so many times, I feel like we get through a lot of relationship dynamic stuff. Like I said, the idealization of people, like, that's a real-life thing, not just a movie yes. technique. Um, people do that in real life. And they also do, they try to change people, or they wish they could change people, and sometimes people change, and you don't like that. Like, when she starts to feel a little bit distant... He's like, oh no, her world is not all about me. I'll change her so it is. Yeah. And then she's so clingy and miserable. Or when and she like, just cries because she let go of her hand oh and she God. can't cross the street. And I'm just like, oh, shoot me. I would kill her. And then, oh yeah. God. And then she's so joyful. And, like, doesn't care if he wants to, like, leave for two I months. I know. She doesn't <laughs> care about anything. She's just happy. Oh, my God. It's obviously lessons in careful what you wish for. You can't of change people. But also, there are people who do get like that in relationships. Like, sometimes you need some space. And, like, I was like, that sounds very healthy. She should spend some time in her own apartment. Yeah. That seems great. But he couldn't handle that. And in that case, he was the one who's like being clingy and kind of jealous and didn't want her having her own life. And then he flipped it so that she literally could not physically be away from him for him to go, like, answer the phone. <laughs> Which is also, like, some people can get like that. They get know, really dependent crazy. on someone, which is, like, you have your own issues to work out. Yeah. But. Yeah. That's always interesting. Like, um, that's one part of this film that's just so true to life is when he... Because he, he makes a vow when she's, like, become real that he's mm -hmm. never going to write about her again. Like, I created yes. this person. It's not moral or fair or whatever of me to write about her. But that's when he's just started. Of he course. Thinks, I wrote her. She's perfect. They're in the honeymoon phase. Yes. <laughs> which, as his brother told him, doesn't last. <laughs> um, you know, but as the second something gets hard and you get scared and it it's so true to life that he's like, oh my god, I have the ability to change her. I'm going to change her. Like, we all have wanted to do that with people. We yeah. all have. And the beauty of life is that we can't, and we have to either, yeah. like, your shit either works together or it doesn't. Like, you, you can, can learn to accept people yeah. and compromise and, or take yourself out of a situation that's not working. Exactly. Stop trying to make it work, because it like, won't. that point at the end of the honeymoon phase when, you know, the way he chews fucking irritates the crap out of you, <laughs> or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they sleep in a position that bothers you because you yeah. can't have all the, you know, and you want <laughs> things like, little things like that, that's the moment when you make the decision, like, okay, these are things that I can accept and deal with, mm -hmm. and, like, we're gonna be fine, and that's when a relationship really kind of becomes something, or it's yeah. the moment when you're like, I fucking cannot deal with this, this is over, like, yeah. <laughs> and so instead of having to make that decision, he's just like, I'm just gonna change it. I don't know. Yeah. It's those little, like, you think, oh, if I could just change this one little thing, but then it would never stop there. It would never stop there. Because there's always going to... You're never going to love every single thing about someone. That sounds crazy, and if you think you do, you're kidding <laughs> you yourself. You are kidding yourself. <laughs> because 
I mean, we also have stuff that we don't like about ourselves. So, like, yeah. there's no way you're going to love every little thing someone does. I know. They have their own brain going on. Yeah. If you can't <laughs> love every little thing about yourself, how do you expect someone else to? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Okay. We'll just turn this into, like, relationship advice Relationship now. advice with Tish and Juliana. We're the so best good. pros in the business. Obviously. <laughs> Two like professionally <laughs> single going to turn into old spinsters women that's us we give great advice <laughs> <laughs> all right i think that's about it i, mean, I think i'm good though. i'm good now good. yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's ruby sparks okay. <laughs> um so, okay so tricky question now is female representation how do we feel because <laughs> it's a weird one again it's so like in on itself, like, technically, like, it doesn't pass the Bechdel test even. Like, there, obviously, her character is itself, in many ways, bad female representation because she's not a realistic character. He literally creates but, her to serve himself. Yeah. <laughs> but knowing that that is, is the, point the premise of the movie, movie, then, and we all kind of learn a lesson by the end, it does kind of... Yeah, it's it's a hard one to really call because the bad female representation is the point of the film. Yeah, and we do address it. Yeah, so I don't know really what to say. I can't really give it like a great not applicable. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Fifty (sighs) percent. It's yeah. It's it's it, it, it takes a critical mind to get. The message mm. of what this female representation well, is saying. That's the thing. I feel like to the wrong person, it's very bad female it's just representation. It's a dream girl thing. Yeah. But to the right person, it's good. You get it. Yeah. yeah. So we'll leave that we'll just leave unknown it. Yep. for today. Um, the female crew tally, however, was just four out of 14. Yeah, some big one. ones though. One of the directors and the yeah, writer, and the writer, and they were all Zoe producers. Kazan was also producer. Yeah, they were also producers. Um, yeah. yeah, and then we got Rotten Tomatoes. Critics gave it seventy nine percent. Audience seventy five percent. It's pretty close. Yeah, I think it's fair. It is a I good movie. It's fun yeah. to watch. It's cute. It makes you think about stuff. Mm-hmm. I love Paul Dano, so he can. I don't love. Him. No, Ugh. I don't like his face. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry that's fair, that. but I'm like acting is quite good. Yeah, I can see that. Just like there's points. It's in the, the eyebrows. Movie. Yes, right. Okay, oh I can God. understand that. There's one scene when like so after eyebrows. Harry meets her and she comes in. She's all like, "Did he like me?" And the look on his face is like the weirdest puppy dog it's look. The with his eyebrows. eyebrows all up in the middle. He loved you, and I'm like, "Oh, put that face away." <laughs> I love okay. Zoe Kazan though. Oh, she's pretty I do wonderful. Love her. After watching this, or like while I was watching this, I was like, oh, I want to watch In Your Eyes because she's in that, and I love it too. She so has her. such cute cheeks. <laughs> she's so cute. I think they look weirdly similar. Like it's weird that they're a couple because they look they have the same kind of face shape hmm. with kind of like no chin, but like pointy, but like interesting weak chin. I don't know. Yeah, I get his eyebrow thing. I can understand that for sure. It really bugged me in that one. I'm like, stop making that sad face. I just watched Love and Mercy, though, with the Beach Boys and stuff. Oh, and okay. He's good. That's good. Yeah, he's a good he actor. In that, so, yeah. Just sometimes people like... I'm on a big Paul Dano <laughs> thing right now. Um, All right. All right, yeah, so... 
It's a great movie. Yeah. So let's talk more about this manic pixie dream girl thing. Like perhaps explaining what it is in case we've just been saying it a lot and you don't know. I what feel like everyone's it. heard it. You, you hope so, but if you're listening to a movies podcast, you, you probably, probably you probably know what it is. Um, I was curious about like how it started, so I looked that up. Yes. Um, so a journalist, Nathan Rabin first coined the phrase in an article about Elizabethtown in 2007, and he described it as that bubbly, shallow, cinematic creature that exists solely to the fevered imaginations of sensitive writer-directors to teach broodingly soulful young men to embrace life and its infinite mysteries and adventures. Yeah. So an interesting girl here to spice up his life. Yep. Brooding. She exists, and she exists for no other purpose than to make his life. She doesn't appear to have... More wonderful. Anything mentioned about her life outside of him is just things to make her, like, quirky and interesting. Yeah. Like, I did this once, and I've traveled here, and I've done this, and I have these weird hobbies and jobs, and... Yeah. No one is that interesting. Sorry. And, like, (laughs) all of her, like, qualities that probably in real life would be irritating are, like, really wonderful for some reason. And, like, she's a mess, but it's adorable. Yeah. I'm like, no. Like, she doesn't have her shit together, but that's okay. I hate that, like, uh, in real life and movies and stuff. In real life, that girl's fucking living on the street homeless. Like, Like, this idea of a cute mess, like, because she's charismatic, she gets away with it and stuff. That's so not true. Like, no, we're all just fucking messes. Okay, guys? Like, don't expect a girl to be, like, a mess, but, like, cute and you yeah. can, like, take care of her. Or, like, she'll be no. there to serve you. Like, no, we're all just a fucking mess. And she's probably not thrilled about it. No. <laughs> she, no one, like, you have to be, like, a little bit, like, sociopathic or something to, like, <laughs> fly through life. Like, everything is terrible. I have no money. Who and cares? fucked up and no one but loves me. But like, I'm having fun. Go to Ibiza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That kind of no, girl is legitimate crazy. Yeah. And will not be there to serve you and is just going on her own crazy path. Mm-hmm. In real life. So anyway, that's how it was first described. Um, and he was talking about Elizabethtown, which is a perfect example. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> a movie that I love. And, yeah. But I can recognize the flaw in this dynamic. <laughs> and when I was going to Tennessee, I drove oh, yeah. through Kentucky, so I was taking pictures of the signs for mm-hmm. Elizabethtown and sending them to Tish. <laughs> but I love that movie for, like, other reasons. Yeah. But well, just because a movie has the trope in it doesn't no. mean you can't we, love the film. We'll get into talking yeah. about like, what these characters mean to us. Um, but yeah, and then I think unnecessarily, in 2014, yeah. he wrote an article and apologized for coining the term. Yeah. Um, he said the trope of the manic pixie dream girl is fundamentally sexist one since it makes women seem like... Le- less like autonomous independent entities than appealing props to help mopey sad white men self-actualize. Within that context, the phrase was useful precisely because, while still fairly flexible, it also benefited from a certain specificity. He just, like, re-explained it. But, yeah. Uh, why did you apologize, Nathan? There's no (laughs) reason to. You didn't do anything. You just, like, summarized, like, that description that I just read in a cute little phrase. Yeah. This character already existed. It's not like he created this trope. He didn't create the character. He just gave us vocabulary for it. Which has been helpful in talking about it and identifying it and seeing how problematic it is. Yeah. And yeah, it is fundamentally sexist. That's not, that's kind of the point. I mean, that's why it exists because the whole fucking industry is straight white men writing their ideal world. Exactly. putting themselves as the main characters and and writing around them. Thus, a lot of the 
female characters in film are just there for sex are very or to be interesting or to encourage his plot. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to make you feel good about yourself so you can reach your dreams. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, that was unnecessary, the, the whole Yeah, I don't really... Apology. I mean, it wasn't even really an apology. It was kind of just like, this is what I meant. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't read the whole article. I just kind of read an article about the fact that he had done, like, written this apology yeah. thing and how it all went down. And I was like, I don't get it. He just made up the phrase. He didn't create this thing and, like, create these terrible characters. Well, I also think part of the thing is, like, once there's a phrase out there, like, everyone throws so much stuff into that category. Yes. Like... Once you have a label, I you can put things. Feel in like it. it got like a little ex- like there's there's sometimes uh, somebody else like oh that's Manny Pixie Dream Girl. I'm like not really it's like just a terrible female character. <laughs> yeah, like not every bad female character falls into that specific category. I feel yeah. like it got broadened, but that wasn't his doing either. No. So I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot more than Manic Pixie Dream Girl for, like, there's female tropes and one-dimensional characters. Yes. This is one of them. <laughs> a specific version. Yes. Yeah. So, and some examples would be, uh, obviously, Elizabethtown, Kristen Dunn's character, yes. is really there to, like, help him through his whole process of his dad dying, and she's just, like, quirky and interesting and has tons of stuff to talk about, but, mm-hmm. like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> Um, yeah. Garden State is another one that really yeah, Natalie Portman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very much in Garden State. She just has all these weird little quirks and things, and and um, one of the early ones that I think I didn't really think of it like this until I read it in this context, and I was like, me oh, neither, totally, because I love the movie so much. <laughs> Um, Breakfast at Tiffany. Me too. I love it so much, but she's totally manic. The she dream is girl. completely because you think of that movie, you think of Audrey Hepburn, you think of her as a main yeah. character, but it's really it's his perspective, of course. And she is quirky and doing her things and a mess, yeah. and but makes it work because she's charismatic and she's an absolute mess. But she's like, oh, but she's the fun party girl, so it's okay. She has a cat her. named Cat, and she plays the ukulele. Oh, like totally. she's the manic pixie <laughs> she dream girl. Is. <laughs> and you uh. know he chases her and gets her in the end yeah which yep. is you know and I've read the book which is not as fun as the movie and it's <laughs> no. definitely more from his perspective and she is not quite so cute and stuff yeah yeah so that's a great example a very good one yeah and like it just proves the point that like this character has existed Oh, yeah. Cinema forever. He, this guy didn't create it. He just named it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because men just write women who are just interesting to them. Um, I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, another example. Again, I didn't think of it really, but it's so obvious. Um, the movie Sweet November. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's the... It's actually a remake with Charlize Theron and Keanu Reeves. And I watched... Keanu. (laughs) I I watched the original one from, like, the 60s as well. It's very similar. And it is... It's another movie, like, I've watched a lot because it is, like, romantic and sweet. But even 
from like first watching it, I'm like, this is problematic because she literally, not just one guy, but every month takes a man into her life and helps him like solve his problems. Yeah. Like a weird kind of therapist thing. Like, and she's dying. <laughs> Quirky. Like, and this is how she's choosing what a to wonderful spend. quirk. Look at how shitty her yeah. life is, but she wants to help me. Yeah, and, like, right. this is how she's spending her, like, possibly last days and turning him from a cruel businessman into a nice person. So, yeah, it's kind of terrible. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> when we think of it like that, it really like, is. You know, but you're still going to like the movie. Yeah, that's Good the problem. Too. We're used to we get these. This is these are the characters we get, so mm-hmm. we like them for whatever reason. Um, yeah. And then there's Fifty Shades of Fifty Shades. <laughs> it's a very different movie. <laughs> it's the R-rated version. <laughs> Five Hundred Days of Summer, which is a movie that I love I so love much. Um, and I never really, I guess had, like, really, like, analyzed it and, like, thought about it, but it's a very, very good example, but also is closer to Ruby Sparks, I'd say, in terms Mm -hmm. of, like, it kind of looks at, like, how that's not a realistic thing. Yeah, it does, um, it has kind of manic pixie dream girl, but addresses the fact that he is seeing her as that. As that, and that's not who she is as, like, a full person. Yeah, and, like, there is literally a scene where it's split screen (laughs) expectations and reality and in expectations she's all over him and she loves him and she cares about no one but him at this party and in reality she has a life and friends and she's he was just invited to this party yeah and like she invited him and she's sure she's probably glad you showed up but like she's glad that all 50 of you showed up yeah Yeah. and that is so like relatable yeah for sure like, yeah, you get together with this person that you like, or whatever. Like, how everything's gonna go, and then it's like, oh, I am not the center of attention. How tragic! <laughs> yeah, I think they did that very well in that movie as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like it by the end that he doesn't like learn his lesson really. He, he doesn't because then he meets Autumn, and you're like, oh, you're gonna do oh, the God. whole right because that's like little thing at the end. Yeah, because it was summer and he's he, on to Autumn, he's right? Still and just I'm like, like, you're gonna do it all over again, but. To be fair, there's people that that don't learn that and go through relationships and wonder why it doesn't work and put all these expectations on others. I feel like by the end, it's all over the place, but still, you don't get the sense that he has now learned that she was her own person and she's entitled to go and marry this next guy, even though she didn't want to marry him and stuff. He's still just, like, pouting about it. Like, I don't feel like he learned anything. And then he's just like, ooh, a new girl to do the same thing with. I agree. So... There's a lesson in there, guys. It's adorable, but you also have to learn. <laughs> yes. Um, so now you definitely know what Manny Pixie Dream Girl is. I can't even say it. <laughs> I know. And once you say it, like, <laughs> once you say it more than a couple of times, blah, 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 it just blah, blah, blah. becomes nonsense. Dream Girl, whatever. Um, yes, everyone knows what it is. Um, there are some examples of maybe sort of an anti Manic Pixie Dream Girl mm-hmm. kind of thing. They did. Um, they five hundred days of summer is kind of like that. Yeah, a little bit because in the end she's like, "Yo, bitch, that's not who I am." Yeah, it's you see that he's putting it on her. Um, yeah, one of our favorite movies, yeah. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, <sighs> so good. Um, like acknowledges the trope and sort of rejects it. Um, when Clementine says to Joel, 
her famous little speech. Too many guys think I'm a concept or I complete them or I'm going to make them alive. I'm just a fucked up girl who's looking for my own peace of mind. Don't assign me yours. Yeah. Such a good little speech. Um, which is her saying, like, I'm not a dream girl. No. I'm fucked up. My, I have my own shit to do yeah, with. Like, I don't want to rescue you. Yeah. And, I mean, it's so much pressure to put on a person to expect them to, like, mm. save, save you. you. You know what I mean? And it's hard to accept that, like, okay, we're all trying to figure our own shit out. And we're just hoping we can do it together. But, like... Yeah. I feel like I that's... Um, and I was talking to a friend about this stuff, like, relationship stuff. Like, this is what happens when you are not kind of complete and independent and self-assured in yourself. And yeah. you get in a relationship and you expect them to complete you and save you and fix all your problems and all your insecurities. And they've got their own shit they're dealing with. And when two people who have don't have their shit together, get together and try to fix each other's And expect the other person to fix them. Yeah, they both expect this relationship to fix everything. And it's like, in this case, Clementine is like, no, I'm not here to fix you. I have my own shit. And she's not asking anyone to fix her. No. She's She's just like, I got my shit, you got your shit. Let's just hang out. Let's be shitty together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because you could, looking at the movie almost think of her like that because she is again like quirky she dyes her hair and she's all over the place and she's a mess but in their crazy weird journey together you see how like maybe he did i don't like idealize her in the beginning mm-hmm. but then it is again it's almost like a criticism like analysis of that more in like a relationship dynamic kind of way than like a trope Kind of way. I'd agree, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like these are the dangers of in a real relationship. Having a relationship yeah. with these expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many good movies. <laughs> Let's go watch all these movies. That's all these Manic Pixie Dream Girls. There's so many good movies. I know. Alright, so now we know what it is. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to us as women watching these women on screen? And particularly young, impressionable women and girls <laughs> I'm concerned about. Yeah. <laughs> because uh. they take cues from how to be. Because young girls are always watching characters that are older than them. And you take cues of how to be more grown up and... Because you're young and you haven't had a lot of relationships, you also take a lot of relationship advice, even if it's kind of subliminal, you don't think you are, you take that from movies and your media. Mm -hmm. So by creating, in general, one-dimensional female characters, um, but particularly three manic pixie girls, um, you're kind of telling girls in a subtle way, like, you have to entertain him, you have to be interesting and quirky, and you have to be available to him. That's a big thing about these pixie girls. They are always available to him. Even if they seem to have, like, their own interesting life, he calls, they'll show up, because they're just like, we'll do whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that's dangerous. I do, do too. Um, very much so. I feel like it's very much, like, Erase your personality and replace it with what you think he'll find interesting mm-hmm. and the things that you think he likes. 
Mm-hmm. And too many people do that in the first place. Um, yeah. And even, like, I'm trying to think of, like, when I was younger... And I was, like, in high school, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I need, like, a weird, fun hobby. Yeah. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, you you think like yeah. that. Because you're like, look at all these girls on TV and film, and they, like, this girl face jobs. Okay, it's a very <laughs> extreme situation, but I'm like, you know. They've got something. They've got their thing. Yeah, and it becomes very much like, oh, like, what's going to be, like, my weird thing that I can, like, bring him into my yeah. world. Yeah. I was just a super weird kid, so. I don't think I had to worry about finding something weird. But, I mean, I had but, interests, and, like, I was lucky, like, I snowboarded mm-hmm. better than most people did, <laughs> like, things like that, so, but it was very much like, oh, well, like, I need to, that's my hobby, and, like, that, I don't know. Yeah, and um, thinking about it reminded me of, um, not so much in movies, but in real life, this idea of being available and work quirky and weird goes along with the idea of being the cool girl, which... Mm-hmm. Um, what's her name? Amy Dunn in Gone Girl addresses as like a reason why her husband like drove her crazy. Like yeah. she was trying to be the cool girl. The cool girl will go along with anything and will agree with you and go to this party and do this. And like she likes watching sports with you, but like she looks really hot while she's doing it. Like <laughs> cool girl's down with anything. Like that I think is a real problem for young girls. Huge problem. To be whatever the guy wants and be just like cool and down for anything. And also, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, Rose McGowan's uh, short film, Dawn, Mm -hmm. is about... It's it's only like 10 minutes, guys. Watch it. It's on YouTube. Um, (laughs) It's really good, and I don't want to tell what happens in it exactly, but it starts with... It's in, like, the 60s with this girl who, like, has a crush on a boy, and she starts... She, like, reads some article in, like, a teen magazine or TV or something. About, like, how to hook him in. Be agreeable and, like, do whatever he wants to do. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is so dangerous. But that was literally the lessons used to be taught, though, in magazines. Like, when... Please your husband. Yeah, please. Exactly. It's like fucking biblical shit that we got rid of. Right? (laughs) And, um... The Manic Pixie Dream Girl is very much, like, the embodiment of all that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, and, like, be spontaneous and, like, yeah. you know. Be oh. down with whatever you yeah, like, to do. It's kind of like, always say yes. Just yeah. yes to everything. Please like, him or else he will leave you. And what will you be? A sad old spinster. Exactly. Which yeah. Which is the worst thing to ever have a woman it's, to be single. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it's pretty terrifying. Like that's a lesson that's still out there. Oh, like, yeah. Ugh, yeah. Even like it's not as obvious as like direct instructions in teen magazines. Yeah, but it's in all our media still. You know, but there's still like you pick up like a thing of Cosmo or like How to please your man, te- and it's exactly it's yeah. still there. It's just different language being used. Yeah, like I said, younger girls are always looking at older stuff so like teenagers are reading cosplay yeah. shit for like sex tips and like that's how you learn about like adult relationships and stuff yeah it's so toxic well and like eight reasons why he left you and oh how God. you can change it for your next relationship yeah oh, i hate it There's it's way- like because you had your own opinions and so one day you'll meet someone who can appreciate those like oh my uh, this really has turned into like I know. relationship talk. <laughs> really, well, like, that's what we fucking talk about here is like how really how media affects your real life and how we create our media. Yeah. And this is and this in particular big. is very relationship oriented. The man, yeah, pixie dream because girl, it's so. 
the man, it's, I mean, it's as a lot of movies in the industry from the straight male perspective. Mm -hmm. And so it's creating media for him and he's creating it. And that's what he wants. Also, the Manning Pixie Dream Girls are usually white because Mm -hmm. they're white and they're straight because our male protagonist, like every fucking movie, is a straight white white man. So he needs a straight white female. Of course. (laughs) And God um, forbid. Yeah, and because even if they start out as like just a mysterious girl or like friendship or they seem to literally like bond, it has to end in romantic sexual attraction. Like it's never just you know, mm-hmm. it's not just she's like, you know, she's idealized because she's also sexualized, even if not directly. Like, he sees her as sexy and talks about that, or like they have a sexual relationship. It's, you know, a, and like any woman to a straight man is pretty much going to be sexualized. Per- yeah, well, if she's interesting. Pretty much, yeah. Well, yeah, because she's obviously pretty, or else, you know. be in a movie. And yeah. she's interesting, so, of course, they're going to be sexual. Mm-hmm. And she's paying attention to him, yeah. and all of them, you know. That's what, kind of, thinking about Elizabethtown, um, I do actually like her character at some points. I just feel like it's so, the movie's so from his perspective. Mm-hmm. She could have had her own, like, story going on, been really interesting, um, and, like, they do have, like, this initial, like, connection. And, you know, when they stay on the phone for, like, all night and they really talk. And I'm like, that's so great. They're, like, really bonding. And, like, it's not... She's not just helping him through shit. They are just talking. talking. And it's really great. But by the end, it has to be, like, they have to meet and kiss. And I'm like, why couldn't it just have been, like, a great friendship? Or just she was just there for him in that time of his life. And then he went on and lived his life. But, no, they have to, like, end up together. Which isn't even practical. Well... And I think that that's another thing with the Manic Pixie Dream Girl in films is that they do start out as friends a lot of time. Yeah. And women and men are never friends in movies. Oh, never. Unless impossible. Unless straight man and a woman cannot be friends. Well, when Harry met Sally. <laughs> they <laughs> literally just say that. And, like, <laughs> unless they're children. That's the only time when they're allowed to, like, just Even be then, buddies. Like, parents will stay stuff. Like, yeah, I know. You're gonna end up together. But, like, like stuff sexualizing it's children. interesting, like, I'm somebody whose best friend is male, mm-hmm. and I'm somebody who's thus grown up the entire time. Everyone's always like, oh, so are you two just gonna get together? Like, Ugh. oh, have you been sleeping together? Oh, have you, like, okay, it's not <laughs> television. Like, you know, no, we like each other and hang out. <laughs> <laughs> People have a really hard time believing that because you're attracted to that gender. That you that can't you have to be attracted to, to everyone in that I gender. Know. And you can't just talk and be friends. I know. So at some point, it's, you'll fall in love with each other or something. Or It's always bothered me when I see that in films. Because I'm like, why can't you just be friends? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've gotten angrier than I thought I would. <laughs> All worked up. Worked up. Of course. Yeah. Um, uh, what else have we got? Um, female representation. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, we always talk about female representation, but in case like this, we do. because it's, um, it's so much about male-female relationships with this trope. Um, female representation is not just for females to look at a movie and be like, "Yeah, I can relate. That's me." Or like, "Oh mm-hmm. my god, I love her." 
it's also for men and all people to see women as complete people. Human. So like we said, it can be people. toxic and dangerous to put these things out there for everyone to kind of take in subconsciously yeah. or obviously. And like, so it's good for men as well to see it's, better female characters it's and great not think that that's what women are like. Yeah. Because we're not. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking like, it's interesting we're recording this and having a discussion that's, I mean, all, as we say, all of our podcasts take like a female representation yeah. <laughs> angle, but this one is very specific to that. Yeah. And like Ghostbusters is being released this Yay. weekend and yeah, like things like that. So it's just interesting because I was, I, I'm keep on the waiting brain. to hear about like, yeah, reading. Mm-hmm. I want to know how it's received and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, we should talk about it maybe in our next, uh, mm-hmm headlines this week thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ghostbusters. I hope it makes lots of money. I know. We have to go see it. I know. Actually pay for it. <laughs> um, yeah. We've about wrapped this up. We've said everything. We've said a lot. You've got relationship advice, guys. <laughs> You're We're welcome you for that. so much. <laughs> um, now you can go out and flourish <laughs> as your own whole person. <laughs> Um, oh, one more little thing to, to mention. There is such a thing as Manic Pixie Dream Boy. Yes. Occasionally. Which... Far less often, but it is out there. Yeah. And I never really thought about it until it was pointed out with examples. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. Just because we don't think of it, because we don't often see those characters. But and I think... I'm sure it's like men watching a movie about a man and the woman is just there mm-hmm. for the man's plot. Um, he's relating to that character, so he's focused on that. I'm relating to a female character, and if so, the I don't even male love interest, whatever, is not complete. I don't notice as yeah. much. Um, but an example was Jesse in uh, Pitch Perfect, and, and it's I was a like amazing example. Oh my god, it's true! Like he, he does nothing. Not have a life. No, he has like he like has a watches movies and has like yeah. a quirky taste in mu- yep. uh, in music. He's there to, like, introduce her to And can sing. New, and that's and, it. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. I know. And um, I just watched a movie that I liked called And While We Were Here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a married couple on vacation and she meets a much younger man and starts an affair or whatever. I'm like, he is totally this manic pixie dream boy. He's younger. He's Shows interesting. Shows up and spices he's, up her life. Yeah. He's, like, kind of a mess. And, you know, it was, I think, a little bit better because I've talked, have I talked about it in here somewhere? About, there's like this rom-com sub-genre of like, I was about to marry someone else, but then fate intervened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of like that because she was married and then she met someone else. But in this one, it was a little bit better because you could see the cracks in their marriage. Like, they had their own problems. It wasn't just... You know what, sometimes those movies, she's like engaged to someone and you're like, why? Yeah. He's terrible. We just he's see that he's asshole. terrible. <laughs> yes. And we don't see any reason why you're with him so of course we're rooting for this new guy Mm -hmm. which is like lazy writing and again like not giving someone a complete character yeah and this was like about her marriage and also this guy and she didn't end up with either of them so good for her yeah anyway I just watched that so I liked it but yeah I was like oh he's totally that he just pops into her life and like spices things up turns her world upside down (sighs) yeah boys can do that too yeah the third example is Ben Wyatt and Parks and Rec I've been trying to think about it. 
he does eventually become his own character, but yeah. I think... Like, it's different It's different in TV because you... Have so much you yeah, it's like, okay, maybe if I just look at, like, the first few episodes, but mm-hmm. generally the longer characters are on, right, the more they're expanded, yeah. so it doesn't stay that way often, you know I what I mean? She is already such an established character when he came in, and yeah. he was kind of, like, quirky and weird, and, like, she had to, like break him down and he became you know and he yeah. was just yay Leslie you're so great and I was like oh frankly but it's so rare it's almost like refreshing to see a gender flipped and like I'm sure men could complain about it but like shut your face you get all the characters like <laughs> yeah honestly give us like this one, one where thing. we have a great character and the male character is not so great yeah I saw that too and like People making fun of stupid, like, chauvinist Ghostbusters reviews of men being like, the only men in this movie are, like, terrible characters and they don't have their own plot. Yeah, how does it fucking feel? (laughs) That's how every movie feels to us. I was like, every single movie is like that to us, except this one. This can't be real. This is too on the nose. Yeah. It's exactly like a woman writing about literally any movie the only guy hurt. in it is Chris Hemsworth and he's hot and stupid like you it know what I mean like, like that. yeah every movie <laughs> that's why all the women are like this is so great and refreshing I like know. yeah give uh, us a hot secretary you've had plenty exactly <laughs> it's a it's a brilliant really in the fact that they did it so yeah <sighs> okay go watch Ghostbusters yeah pay for it <laughs> All right. All right. We're, we're good now? We well, feel good about that? I feel like we got a lot out. We'll talk. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> uh, you guys can always email us at inthemoviespodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite or least favorite Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Mm. Um, and you, if you want any relationship advice, oh yeah, here. we'll totally <laughs> respond to you for that too. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter at In the Movies Pod or our new Instagram at In the Movies Pod yeah. as well. <laughs> we also sometimes do fun sixty-minute quick drinking, sixty-second <laughs> quick drinking game rules. Yeah. On Instagram. Um, yeah, and there's also always a link to the blog for um, links to all Manic Pixie stuff we talked about. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's also in the description. Because um, we go see movies and then we talk about them. We do. By which I mean new movies. Because obviously we talk about movies here. Free new movies. <sighs> yeah, advanced screenings. Yeah. Super cool. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Have a good week. Bye. Be your own person.